Hello, and welcome to Where Am I To Go podcast. Today we're with Jeff and Chad, and we are at the Astoria Underground Tours. And they have a whistle that blows every night at 5 o'clock from the town. And today they've got a whistle that they blow off when they have their tour train out. And I am the lucky bugger who gets to push the train whistle today. So I guess everybody needs to kind of get ready. They say that this thing's louder than the town whistle. Louder uh, than a jet engine. Louder than a jet engine. 106 decibels. They're going to hear you in Washington. Well, cool. So I am excited about being able to push this button and make the the siren go off or the or the One whistle go and off. One minute twenty seconds. And what did you say this whistle was? It's a it's a train whistle. It's an actual Southern Pacific train whistle. And how did you acquire it? Uh, through a company in Texas called Big Ass Horns of Texas. Big Ass Horns. Okay, so we're gonna honk this big ass horn just after the whistle blows from the town. And what's the town whistle for? Just to signify for Fort, Fort George Brewery. They uh, every night at five o'clock they blow the five o'clock whistle and they blow the steam off them after making beer all day. Okay, so it's an actual steam whistle. It's an actual steam whistle. Okay. And we are now down to forty seconds. Forty seconds. So we can talk for another forty seconds. What we're going to do is we're going to listen first for the Fort George whistle, and after there we give them the courtesy first. Then after they're done, then you are going to blow it. Okay, and do we just uh, do one honk, or do whatever we do whatever? You, want. you got 20 seconds of air. You got enough air in your tank, do you think? Well, I guess it sounds like I ought to have enough for, for have a 20-second yeah. whistle. I'm going to run it out of air. No, nope. give it. It sounds like a train, <laughs> so whatever you think a train sounds like. And then you got the bells over there. You're going to ring a ding, too. And, and Linda, Linda, my, my cohort here, is going to be ringing the bell. So get ready for some noise. We're, we're down to probably 10 seconds now it is five o'clock we're waiting for fort george i think i hear him hold on oh is that all the louder their whistle is that was all it was and they are done so guess what it's your turn my turn here we go gone 20 seconds (laughs) okay well i guess i'm gonna i'm gonna leave a little bit of air charging it's five o'clock in astoria (laughs) it is five o'clock well it must be five o'clock in washington too it is they know it now okay man that was a good time hello and welcome to where am i to go podcast today before we start the show I would like to bring up some business things that have kind of been on my mind so that you can know where to get more Where Am I To Go. First off, I'd like to talk about the Facebook page at Where Am I To Go Podcast. It's on Facebook, and we've been posting some wonderful pictures of some of the places that we've been and some of the adventures that we've had. Not everything that we go and do is made into a podcast. And so we take pictures at different places and post those pictures so that you guys can enjoy some of the different places we've been. 
Also, I really am interested in listener feedback. I have an email address at where am I to go podcast at gmail.com. Again, that is where am I to go podcast at gmail.com. I would love to hear some of the listeners' comments and some of their ideas of places that might be interesting to visit and go and do. I'm on kind of a limited travel schedule as far as uh, the way that I travel and where I go, but if there's something extremely interesting, I would definitely do my best to build a trip around it. And the last thing, and, and the latest thing, is that I now have a Patreon account where if you want to hear the podcast early, you can go to Patreon forward slash Lauren Alberts, sign up for three, five, ten, whatever dollars if you were willing to support what I do and help us with our travel expenses and some of that kind of stuff. I would greatly, greatly appreciate it. But what we're going to do is right now I have several podcasts that are banked, I guess you could say. I'm on, I think, number... 17, 18, 19, somewhere in there, and I've got close to 35 that I have waiting to go out. I only put out about every week because I want to be able to keep a nice steady stream and not have a point in time when we have to shut down like a lot of other podcasts do for season one, season two. I'd like to keep this thing going year-round. And I've been traveling quite a bit and have been hitting quite a few interesting places. We've been to a tattoo museum. We've been to the beach and have gone to several uh, tourist attractions there, an underground tour. We did a cannery tour. We've just done all kinds of things. And I would love for you to be able to hear those early. So if you sign up with the Patreon, as soon as my editor Steve gets these things ready to go out, they will be put up on the Patreon page. And again, I would really appreciate your support. Now that I've got those things out of the way, I hope to hear from you and I hope you keep on listening. And now, let's get on with the podcast. Hello and welcome back to Where Am I To Go? We just got through blowing that train horn. That thing was awesome. And uh, again, we're here with Jeff and with Chad. And they are taking us on an underground tour of Astoria. I kind of asked them what I could expect. They told me to expect the unexpected, that uh, we weren't going to talk about any of that. So I am walking through this cold turkey. And these guys are going to tell us some history of Astoria. They're going to tell us some uh, probably unusual history of Astoria. And this is, this is an awesome deal. I appreciate you guys making time. Now, what are your hours for the most part? I know we're doing the COVID thing. Uh, our hours are usually Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, but we are now doing COVID-friendly tours, trying to respect all the rules of that. We're doing self-guided tours now. And so by self-guided, you're meaning... Self-guided is we give you a little introduction to the tours, to the underground of Astoria, and then you will head out with a playback recorder, and then you will be able to go out on your own and enjoy it going underneath the streets and the tunnels of Astoria. Cool. Okay. And so this was a special deal. I made a call to Jeff this morning. He says, oh yeah, let's do this. I'll get back with you. I'm going to get a hold of Chad, see if he's available. And these guys showed up here special for me tonight. This is a Wednesday night and uh, we are ready to rock and roll. Well, you got to get it going if you're going to get us going here. We better get it going. So you better bang me. Oh. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay. Wow. We got we, we, we got a gong here that uh Okay. We're ready to do it. We're wow. ready to do it. Very now good. this place is really cool. These guys have all kinds of things in here. Uh lit signs. Uh it looks like just uh, all kinds of memorabilia from Astoria. And these guys are fun. Uh, these guys are really fun. I can tell we're going to have a good time. So let's go, Chad. Okay, I'm going to give you a quick history of Astoria. Watch and look right up here. This is Astoria in the 1800s. This is a town of about 25,000 people. This is a town made of all wood. Its streets are wood, its sidewalks are wood, its buildings are wood, its houses are wood. You even have a wooden ship right here. You do, with sails on it. Yes, and they built this wooden town on top of a wooden pier. Because the water line from the river used to run up to about Exchange Street right here. That's about two or three blocks above us here. We're the happy face because we're happy to be on the tour. And the water line used to run up to Exchange Street. So from Exchange Street out, they built the wooden pier over the water. And they built the wooden town. So here's your wooden town on top of the wooden piers right here. Really? Now, when I used to come to Astoria when I was a kid, I always noticed all the piers. I mean, there's piers out in Young's Bay. There's piers all over the place that are still, that are still standing there. They still have the upright woods. But there are no houses or anything on those. And I was always thinking maybe they were for trains or something when I was a kid. But those were where they had the houses. Um, those are probably uh, left over from the old canneries back then or where they used to drying the nets out there. And th those piers are still good. If you look at the old buildings, they cut them off and just build on top of them. The cold water preserves them. So they'll, uh, really? They'll so the wood them. doesn't rot? No, people still own those as property right now. Really? Yep. If the wood is below the water line, it stays forever. Those are old growth timbers that you'll find out there. At one point, we had 35 canneries here in Astoria on the Columbia River. Wow. That was back in the 30s, the 40s, and the 50s. And over the years, they've shut down from lack of fish. And a lot of them burned to the water line, which is what we're going to tell you about now, of a couple fires that did some devastation to Astoria. The first one was Astoria in... Uh, so Astoria caught on fire in 1883. Started about two blocks from here, over at 14th Street. Started at a sawmill. Sawmill catches on fire. You got a town made of wood. It quickly turns into a huge inferno. The first thing the men spring into action to save are the barrels of whiskey. Yes, they're rolling <laughs> barrels of whiskey down the street. They're chasing after them. They're hearing explosions now. It's an ammo shop on fire, exploding, ricocheting bullets all across the town. But they're hearing more explosions getting louder and louder. This fire got so big and so hot, the canned salmon in the canneries are now exploding, sending salmon all across the town. Even the firemen that show up to put this fire out are getting covered in salmon. <laughs> they show up in two horse-drawn carriages, basically buckets of water on it, trying to put this fire out with buckets of water. It's no match for them. The story is burned down to the water line. 16th to 8th Street is gone, wiped out. Now, were they building on the hills at that time? Astoria sits on a hill, a, a big hill, and when you drive into this town and go anywhere, you're going up a, it's probably a 15-degree incline. I mean, these hills are steep. Oh, yeah, they, they call us little San Francisco here because of that. Yeah. Yeah. And so so were they already building on that, or was everything oh, yeah. built on piers at that time? Maybe your main, your downtown business district, I guess you could kind of call it, was on the piers in your upper part is like from Exchange Street up, kind of where I showed you, that would be your more residential neighborhoods up that way. Okay. Yep. So, uh, 
But don't worry though, those barrels of whiskey they saved, yes. they had a bar rebuilt within three days. Whoa. <laughs> Men have priorities, you know. <laughs> yes. And of course, when they rebuilt the town again, they rebuilt it exactly the same, all out of... Wood. Yes, of course they did. This is the Pacific Northwest, right? And Look you got lots of wood. Yeah, it was practically free back then, right? Well, and the trees that they were cutting down... Oh. I mean, when we talk about trees, I, they're, they're not quite redwood, but I, I know when I was a kid and was out hunting that I could lay down on stumps and stretch out as far as I could and still not touch the corners of the stumps of the trees that they were building this way. Oh, they were massive back then. But you know what? They weren't going to make the same mistake twice. They put in fire hydrants this time. <laughs> Brand new shiny fire hydrants. Guaranteed to put out any fire. You got a town made of wood, you want some fire hydrants in there, right? Oh, definitely. Yes, because there's no way it can burn down twice. No, well, no, no. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> right up there. 1922? Yep, December oh. 8th, 1922. About 2 a.m. in the morning, it catches on fire again. This time a little closer, right over there at 12th Street. Same thing happens. You got a town made of wood, it quickly wipes out the downtown area. 16th to 8th Street, gone. The firemen, they show up, they're hustling, they're rolling out the hoses. They hook them up to these brand new shiny fire hydrants and they crank them on all the way and they're waiting and waiting and not one drop of water comes out. Because the main water lines going to the fire hydrants were made of wood. Yes, they were hollowed out trees. Hollowed out trees. Yes. They also ran them underneath the old wooden piers. When those caught on fire, they collapsed at the wooden water lines. Oh. But let's make this a huge fire. What else did they run underneath the old wooden piers? Gas lines! Natural gas? Yes, now those are popping. <laughs> those are exploding. Those are catching on fire. We got a real fire going now. This fire is way worse than a fire from the 1800s. Oh, man. Oh, man. They can see it over there in Washington. It's going to go up the hill. It's going to wipe out Astoria. They can't come over and help because that bridge isn't built yet. You know what saved the day? Dynamite! Yes! You're catching on! Dynamite! I was going to say rain, right? No, dynamite! Is the loggers have brought it in. They were in truckloads and cases of dynamite. Didn't even tell the townspeople what they were doing. Went right along Exchange Street, they started blowing up the buildings. Boom! Boom! Laying them down one after another. Same like your gas had to blow up. Boom! Boom! This sounds a freaking chaos! Woo! But that's what saved the day. That made a fire break along Exchange Street. Kept the fire from going up the hill and wiping out Astoria. <coughs> Man, so is your loggers to save the story. If it wasn't for your loggers, we would not be here. So always support your local loggers. And always drink one when you have an opportunity. Okay. Great. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. we gotta rebuild the town again. This time they rebuilt it all out of wood. No, oh. cement. Look above cement. Hey, it is cement. <laughs> yes, yes. I thought maybe they'd make the same mistake three times. <laughs> they didn't learn from the little pig story. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but if you look at the wood forms they use, I mean, that's perfect wood there. There's no knots in it. Look at the size of it. Yeah. And when they're done using that, they probably put that in the parking lot and burned it. So. so that story had burned three times. The last time it burned, $200 million loss is what it was. We lost 31 blocks during that. Wow. But they rebuilt Astoria out of concrete. They rebuilt it to the same height that it was when it was wooden piers. 
And when they built that, that became an underground of Astoria. Now, I was born and raised here in Astoria. And the underground was my playground. Really? It was totally open. You could go underneath the streets, underneath the sidewalks, and you could go anywhere you wanted to underneath Astoria. We used to come underneath the streets and play all day long. You would go and discover tunnels. Now, unfortunately, in the evening times, there was an older group of kids that started creating some problems. They would go into the clothing stores and they would switch the clothing around on the mannequins, change price tags. They'd go into the auto dealerships and turn on the lights and the wipers. So when they came the next morning, everything was going. <laughs> so they started. But you know, that's kind of that's kind of harmless. I mean, it, it, it's devious, but it's still kind of. At least they weren't it scratching was. the paint and and well, stealing the goods. Well, 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 stealing there was. There was a group called the Mole Gang. Okay. Thirteen kids went to jail, and they got busted. And they changed the underground forever. They started walling it off, making it more secure. Today we have homeless situations. Now we have fences there. It's basically almost impossible to get underneath the streets, underneath the sidewalks of Astoria, unless you got a key. Mm. Okay. Guess who has a key? Chad. He does. You want to go? Do you want you too? I do too. You hey, we're with Chad and Jeff. We are going. All right. Four of us. Let's go underground. You're going to need a flashlight. And you're going to need, well, we're not going to make you wear a hard hat, although sometimes you never know what may drop down upon you. Let's go. I was going to say, go. I got a bald head. I'll wipe it off. That's all right. All right. Flashlights for you guys. Thanks. Let's go discover the underground. Okay. Because we are going underground. The parking lot for this place sits down below the level of the of the street. Yes. And uh, we are unlocking a chain link gate, and we are headed in to kind of a, a pier type situation. We've got upright concrete uh, pillars and... and Concrete coming out to the main road. We're under the sidewalks now. We're underneath the sidewalks. Okay. Take a look at this here. What do you see? R rebar? Yeah. And, and you're, it, not, you're not supposed to be seeing rebar. No. That's supposed to be concrete. That should be concrete around the rebar. Yes. Yes. So, so it's deteriorating. Here, it's called the chair walls of the underground. Yes, it's deteriorating. When they rebuild Astoria in 1923... They were in a hurry to get it rebuilt. Okay. They brought in three different contractors. One of them goofed up, and he didn't do his concrete correctly. So what happened is, rebar is becoming exposed. It rusts. It expands. Right. The concrete breaks. And what do you see on the ground there? Concrete chunks. That's what fell from up above. Remember I mentioned a hard Right. Hat? Yeah. Yikes. You think that would hurt? That, that would probably hurt. That would. So this is underneath the sidewalk. This is called a chair wall system. What do you think's through that door over there? I don't know, but I'll bet we find out. Let's go take a look. Come on in here. We're coming into a pretty narrow door. This door's probably 20 inches wide. I don't think it's even two foot. And it's just barely high enough to where I got to duck a little bit to come through. Okay. Come on in. Turn on your flashlights. Okay, I got it. So the first thing we always like to say when you come into the underground is... Listen to the sounds. What do you hear when you come in here? Drips. I'm hearing drips of water. Lots of drips of water. This is the mystery you find when you come through all the tunnels. There are tunnels everywhere underneath Astoria, just like this. Now, we made this tunnel a little more accessible. We are actually ADA-friendly, so people can come through. But we carried out 
junk and stuff so people are able to walk through here. But what's amazing is when you come through here, you're able to get a feel for what it was like to come underneath here and explore. Now, why was there so much junk? People, homeless people, or, or no, just a... this was an unused area underneath the sidewalks. This area is what? It's about 12 feet wide. About that. It's about 10 feet tall. It was an area not used, so what neighboring businesses would throw all their rubbish, per se, underneath the sidewalks. There used to be an auto dealership next door to us, so you'll look in here, you'll see lots of car parts. There's lots of different items that you'll see. Right. Cool stuff to find. Yeah. And as a kid, that must have been fascinating. It was fascinating. But you know what else was fascinating is that you got to do it this way now is turn off your flashlights for a second. You notice how dark it is? It is dark. When we came down here as kids, you know what we used? We didn't have fancy-ass flashlights like you're carrying now. We used Zippo lighters that we would borrow from our dad. (laughs) So we would come down here with a little Zippo lighter doing our explorations. But there was a problem with that. Because sometimes when you're underneath the streets, there's natural gas, there's methane gas. So here we are as a bunch oh, of kids man. walking through with lighters. It could have been a baboom. You, you, you were trying to start the, for, thir, the fourth fire. That's right. So you can turn your flashlights back on so you can see where you're going. Old refrigerators, you'll see that over here. Check oh, out some man. of this stuff. This is stuff that was just thrown underneath the streets. Oh, old chain. You've got a uh, swimming flipper. You've got... An old uh, jug, it looks like, and buckets and, and garbage cans. Looks and... like a wall ahead of us. Yeah, it is a wall. Guess what? On the other side of that wall is where somebody used to live. No way. Underground. Really? There's a guy by the name of Jack the Cat. Lived underneath the streets of Astoria for nine years. Mm. Really? Now, if you want to go check out where Jack the Cat lived, let's take you there. Okay. And tell you a story about this guy. Okay. Now we're, we're, we're walking past a, a coffin, and a, this, is this underneath the mortuary, or is this, this just a, some decor? This was an old mortuary. There was, a, well, you'll see that there was, well, there's a story about who's in the casket here. It, there was a neighborhood up here, it's called the Alderbrook area, and there was a serial killer that we had running around, and perhaps this is who might have been his last victim. I see. But now, now, did, now, did he use the underground tunnels also, or...? We're not sure. The rumor is he did. Ahead of us is where Jack the Cat lived. There's a picture of Jack the Cat there on the right side. Okay. Check him out there. He looks like a pretty cool guy. He was. He looks like Jack the Cat. Yeah. Jack the Cat was a very interesting individual. He was in the Navy for 30 years. On a submarine. On a, Okay. Wow. So he retired from the Navy. He jumped a train one night, wanted to go to Chicago, and he got in the wrong train. He ended up coming to Astoria. <laughs> Stopped in to get a haircut at a commercial barbershop. Okay. Talked to the barber, and the barber said, what are you doing here? And he goes, well, I'm sort of mixed up. But now I need some money. The barber said, well, if you need a couple bucks, you know what you can do is you can set up a shoe shine. okay. And he said, I'll do that. And the barber said, well, it's underground. It's the only space we have. And he goes... That's no problem. I was on a submarine for 30 years. <laughs> so check out where Jack the Cat lived and where he worked. Cool. So now we're walking into a little room here. It's got a bed on one side, just a little table with a couple of newspapers on it. Now, was that the type of light he used? This is what Jack did. This is okay. where he did shoe shines. So people would come in to get their haircuts, 
but they would go down to the basement as they were waiting, and Jack would be down here, and he would do a shoe shine for them. And he's got a couple of theater chairs here with his shoe shine box and his. Well, that's a, a shoe working tool. Yeah, it's yeah. a metal tool, a metal uh, shoe on a stand that uh, you could fix the soles. Exactly. Now, did he do shoe repair also? Was he, he a did cobbler? a little bit of everything. Jack was uh, trying to make a buck. During the nights, he would answer the phone for the cab company. I was going to say, we got a payphone sitting over here that uh, is hanging on the wall, and it must have made a lot of money off it. Of Jack was working 24-7. You know why? Because he never came up from the underground. He stayed down here he all the time. He lived underground all the time. Now, he lived here for nine years underneath the streets. Wow. The barbers would do all of his shopping for him. They would bring him his things. He was very comfortable. Now, keep in mind, he was on a submarine sub this year. Yeah. This was a good condition. This was 10 by 10. He's not having to share it with 10 other guys. Right. So he was very comfortable to be here. But Jack never saw sunrises. He never saw sunsets. He lived underground in this environment. Wow. For nine years until he finally was comfortable enough that he came up and worked at the back of the barbershop on the main floor. And that's where he finished his career, shining shoes. Really? He has a little record player in here. So, he, I mean, he's, he's basically got everything that he needs, I guess. This was home. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. This is cool. So, Jack was lived underground until about 1961. Okay. That's about when I was born. Ah. So. Wow. Huh, and so was there a staircase that came down here? Or? Yes, yeah, there was a staircase. They'd come down from upstairs. Okay. Oh. And this must have been his privy. That was it? Well, that's pretty cool. There's even a privy down here underneath the... Or, <laughs> well, hold on, hold on, Captain. Guess what? Let's get you. I just stepped into some junk. I'm just going to say, let me turn some there's lights some, on for There's you some know? road signs and some... Well, uh, you were busy doing work, and you uh, missed uh, the... Love to have turn there. So there we go. Lights on for you. Okay. Yeah, they got lights down here now. We're not doing it all by We're flashlight. We're back underneath but, uh, the sidewalks again. Go over there and check out the tunnels. Watch your head going down there. Okay. Okay. Now this here's where all the sewer lines and stuff go. Yeah, because you can kind of smell them a little bit even when you're you when you're standing over. So that's that methane you're talking about that that's uh, it. that you wonder how come you didn't blow up. That's right. Now, what's interesting is, what else do you see under here other than pipes? Dirt. Wires. Wires, that's right. You know what? Astoria was the first city in the country to put their utilities underground. Really? When you drive up and down Commercial Street or Marine Drive, there's no power poles. Okay. There's no power lines. There's no phone lines. They all were underground. When they rebuilt the city in 1923, they put them underground. So it's pretty hip. So that's what you're seeing now is all the utility work that's there. Okay, now now do they do they have the manhole covers in the streets so that they, they can come into these or they do they do. do they have access to where they just walk around down here? Well, the they, they have access down here, but there's also manhole covers that give them access. But these are the tunnels of Astoria that today still go for miles and miles underneath. Wow. And, and this is where you played in here. This was our playground. Because this probably wasn't here. This was not there. There were no gates. There We've got no a walls. gate to keep us from going down in there. But, yeah, it's... That's actually quite dangerous when you get underneath there. There is parts of these tunnels where you can almost drive a car through them. And there's other parts where they may be only like three feet tall and three feet wide. Really? There's also a lot of electrical running under here. There's 600 amp lines. So, yes, it's a place where you don't go there. So, we come underneath the sidewalks, but we don't go underneath the tunnels. Hmm. 
And now these tunnels, did they connect all the businesses to where the <coughs> business owners were able to uh, have like their uh, uh, speakeasies and all that kind of stuff? There were a couple speakeasies underground back then. There was one over on Commercial Street. It was quite an interesting spot. You would go down into the basement. And it was a card room. And in the middle of the card room was a little tiny room where the owner of it would sit with hidden windows and he could sit there and look out at each table that was in the card room to make sure nobody was cheating. Okay. And there was another bar, there was some speakeasies. So, yes, there's a lot of underground stuff. And you know what else used to happen underground? Shanghai? Shanghai. Oh, okay. Yes. No, no, no. I'm looking at something that looks like a pair of ice tongs, but it's got uh, two tongs on one side and one on the other, whereas ice tongs always just had one on each side. What is that? Don't know. Stuff you find when you come to the underground. <laughs> Dang, you can get hung up on something like that. Or trip and fall over it. Yeah. Well, I don't know anything about that. But well, be careful when you come by the refrigerator, and if you need a ham, let us know. Yeah, huh? yeah, there's a ham sticking out, a couple of hams sticking out of this refrigerator. Lots of horns. Yeah, the whole bunch of, uh, the whole, the whole orchestra's there, the whole band. We've got, we've got trumpets and trombones and, uh... I don't know, two probably tubas and everything else. So what do you see down there at the end? A stoplight. And to the left of that? I see a big pipe of yeah. some sorts. That's okay. called a Shanghai Tunnel. That's a Shanghai Tunnel. It wasn't its day. Well, we better explain what Shanghaiing is. Oh, Shanghaiing? Well, I'll tell you, that's the remnants of original Shanghai Tunnel. <clears throat> there used to be a bar up top. A young man would be sitting up there at a bar stool having a few drinks. They'd put a little Mickey's in his drink. He'd pass out. They'd open up a trap door, they'd shove him down the trap door, he'd come sliding down that tube, woo, hit the bottom, two goons would pick him up, run him down the tunnel, put him on a ship, and he'd be gone. Huh. Sometimes he'd never even return, basically a slave, to work on the old sail ships. They needed a lot of crews right. for people to um, work on those. And so whether he, whether he knew how to hang a sail or not, he was going for a ride. Mm -hmm. Right down that tunnel, right there. Dang, so it was pretty risky business drinking in those days. It was, but you know what you had to be careful from then? was the women. Mm. They, they, so it wasn't the drinking that got you, it was the women that got well, you. Well, no. It was the two most famous Shanghaiers were women. women. Yes, the most feared Shanghaier of them all was a woman, Miss Bridget Grant. She Shanghaied her own husband because he would not give her a divorce. Shanghaied him, sent him out to sea. But he returned to a store, and he was pretty upset. Actually took her to court, tried to sue her for $10,000. Just thought that was a lot of money. Asked Miss Grant, did you Shanghai your own husband? Well, yes, sir, I did. Well, how much money did you give for him? Well, look at him. He's kind of scrawny. He's not that good looking. Only got $30 for him. Case closed. Pay your husband $30. <laughs> and they, did they get paid when they finished out their Shanghai tour? Or was that all slave labor like you were saying? It was basically saying? slave labor. Or they, when they went to the next port, they jumped ship because it was so bad. That's why they kept, kept needing more guys to come out to do that. So, so they didn't take very good care of, of their oh, no, crew. Oh, no. Not at all. No. No. no, the trick they would usually do is after a, somebody had been Shanghai and be living on a ship for a year... When they finally would get back to a port, the captain would then tell them, well, you owe me room and board. Huh. Which just happened to be the amount of money they would have made while they were on board. So they'd work oh. for free for a year. Wow. And they didn't have a whole lot of choice because if they didn't work for free for a year, they were swimming. That's right. <laughs> 1,500 people a year for Shanghai. 1,500. Before the turn of the century, yeah. Wow. That's what I call 
uh, human trafficking. That was back then. But, you know, they did the same thing in Portland from what, you know, when I was growing up there as a kid, they were always talking about the Shanghai tunnels down there on the riverfront that came right on out to the, off of that concrete wall there on the Willamette that bring them right on out onto the ships. Well, you can imagine if you'd spent a year on a ship living out there, that the minute you hit shore, you jump ship. Oh, I'm sure. That's why Shanghai happened is because then the captain would have to replace them. And they'd go out and they'd find some kid that had a little too much to drink that night. And he'd be on the ship sailing out to sea the next morning. So there was 1500 a year leaving from Astoria. Not so much from Astoria, but from the Northwest, yeah. Okay, so that would have been Seattle, Portland. Yeah, yeah. You know, all of your port, all exactly. of your port places. Right. But still, 1500 people is a lot of people. Commerce had to happen, and that's where they came from. Those were the worker bees. And wow. Worker bees. That's 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 just a, a, a kind of an amazing story, kind of a mind-boggling thing to think that you go in and and think you were going to have a beer and find out that you were eating whatever the the captain's feeding <laughs> you. If you had any luck. All right. If you feel like you want to splunk, you know what splunking is. Oh yeah, we'll splunk. Well, you go splunk that way. We're going to meet you on the other side. Okay. As we're walking through here, there's a bunch of tires, there's an old mirror, it looks like it came out of a business of some sort. We've got an old icebox that uh, must have been like a restaurant icebox, I don't know what we're underneath. We've got an old fender here, uh, several car parts, lots of signs, and there's one right here that says, no dumping rubbish along the beach. (laughs) So all the rubbish that they didn't dump along the beach, it looks like they put down here in this tunnel. We got an old bathtub. We've got a car hood. We've got an old uh, uh, rake, like off of a tractor for cutting grain. We've got an old sickle down here. Just gas tank. All kinds of car parts and stuff. It's just, it's, it's amazing the amount of stuff that's still down here. Another tunnel down there at the end. You can look down. This is 11th Street. You're going down 11th Street right now. Wow. It's just, it's, it's amazing the stuff that's down. This is like an antique store down here, all except none of it's in real pristine shape. That's right. Sort of like us. Well, I guess that's true. We've got an old sign from Stevens. That must have been some sort of a, of a business. What did Stevens do? Oh, we can't tell you. Oh, <laughs> they can't tell me what Stevens did. Yeah, there's another. Wow, these tunnels are long, and and uh, there's a old wheelbarrow. That this, tunnel right there goes all the way down to Commercial Street. You see where it splits? Right. If you went down there and made a right, and I'll take you all the way down to 8th Street, kind of by the Flavelle House there. Then you can run it all the way down this way by 16th, 17th Street, kind of by Custard King there. Okay. And we, like Jeff said, we've been in these tunnels. There's parts where it was big enough you could drive a car in there or walk. And there's parts where we've had to get down our hands and knees. And it got a little claustrophobic down in those areas. When we, when we first started here, you were saying that everything was built on piers. Mm-hmm. And I see the, I see the uh, concrete piers and stuff. But this area wasn't underwater initially, was it? Or did they build this up when they built the city again? Yeah, so after um, the first fire, when they rebuilt it the second time, they built a seawall. And that's what's holding the water back right now. If you go down the riverfront, you see the trolley tracks and the river right. down there. And you see all the rocks stacked up there. That's it. That's what's holding the water back right now. So actually, at one time, this in the old pier days, would have been underwater. But they built the seawall. 
that's holding it back. Right and then was that between the first and second fire or between the second and third fire? <laughs> I'm confused. <laughs> <laughs> no, that would have been after the, the 22 fire when they rebuilt it with this chair wall construction. Okay, so so when they started building it with the concrete, they uh, yeah they went ahead and put up their seawall, and yeah. then mm -hmm. so okay, mm -hmm. and then and we got, we've even got a wooden Indian down here. <laughs> oh, there's a story about that, which we will uh, tell the next group about, huh? Okay, we're now down to the streets of Astoria. Back to slowly, sort of like going back to the old town. The Astoria clowns, and this car. Okay, let me let me take a guess. The body on this car was turned around so that it drives backwards. Indeed. Because the wheels are turned from the from the back you of the car. That. And this, uh, this was the original Astoria Clown car back in 1955. My dad was one of the founders of the clowns. Okay. And this car had a very important process in building that bridge which connects Oregon and Washington. Now, that was a toll bridge for a lot of years. It was a toll bridge, and now it's for free, which how many times does that happen in, a, in America? Where that that they ever released the tax? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. But I remember going over that as a kid, and, and you always yeah. had to stop at the gate and pay your toll. and 75 cents or whatever I don't was, remember it what yeah. it was. I just remember my dad shoving coins in the... They're handing them to the to the attendant there before we crossed. Well, the Astoria clowns are very instrumental in having that bridge built. They actually spent... Five years traveling around the Northwest promoting the bridge, the, bridge, the bridge to be built, which it was. And then they celebrated that. Chad, tell them about how uh, this car had something to do with the parade one day when they <laughs> dedicated that bridge. Yes. It was in 1966. There's a grand opening of the bridge out there. It was a huge event. You had bands playing there. You had all the, all the politicians there from the Pacific Northwest because they all wanted to be the first one across the bridge. Now, the governor from Oregon, he got to go first, because most of the bridge is on the Oregon side. So he gets in this limo, he takes off across the bridge. You got all the other politicians there in their limo, they're going across the bridge. And the guys that promoted and built the bridge, the story of clowns, they put them last. Oh. <laughs> yes, they put them last. It's covered in clowns. You got 14 clowns on this car. You got clowns on the... Trunk hood, you got clowns on the roof, you got clowns pouring out all the windows, and they get going and ugh, this car barely moves. They put 160,000 miles on this car promoting Let's Build the Bridge. They did parades all across the Pacific Northwest. Then after the parade, they get out and talk to people about Let's Build the Bridge. They were businessmen. They knew if they built that bridge going over to Washington, it'd be good for a store. People would come here, shop, spend money, and do tours. So there's just barely putting up that first grade of the hill, and they get up to the top, and they're looking way out there. They see the governors, they see the mayors out there, and they look at each other, and they're a little ticked off now. They built that bridge. They should have been the first one to cross it. So they look at each other, and they say, hit the lights, and they floor it. They get going down that first grade. It's got oil smoke coming out of the exhaust. They said they hit 80 miles an hour going down there. And they're pulling a calliope. It's flip-flopping. They said that almost flipped over on them. They get going. They catch up to the mayors. They wave at them. They get going faster. They catch up to the governor from the Oregon side. Give him a friendly one-finger wave like any great Astoria clown would. Passed him up. 
and beat them to the other side. <laughs> so the first car, the first car across that bridge was a clown car right here. It's dedicated. And now, and now we're looking at this car. It says it's a 1948 Chrysler, but this thing's as long as a doggone bus. I mean, this thing is huge. What, what, what? It's a Chrysler. What? It's a stretch limo, actually. A Chrysler stretch limo. That's why it's so big. Mortuary. Okay. They bought it for 250 bucks from the local mortuary. They paid it in fluorescent orange, and that became the clown car. And it says Astoria Clowns on it, and uh, and it's turned around backwards to where it steers from the it's from a clown the back. Car. And it's it's great. This thing's cool. It's got a set of cop lights on top, but they're not facing the way a normal cop light is. It's facing front to back. It's a clown car. It's got three steering wheels in it. It's got little horns. It's I mean, this thing is just cool as all get out. It is two wheel drive, right? Yep. I mean, it, it sits up. Well, it sits up pretty high. Yep. yep. And it does eighty miles an hour. That it does eighty miles an hour. Downhill. Downhill. <laughs> now let's talk. Let's go ahead and talk a little bit about the bridge. As long as we're on this subject, I mean, we talked about it being a toll bridge. But when people are thinking about a bridge, unless they live in Louisiana, they're thinking about something that crosses a river that's that's maybe a half mile wide or something like that. This Astoria Bridge sits up, how high does it sit up? 200, 300 yeah, feet? Yeah, I think it's a little over 200 feet. It's about uh, four miles long. Four miles long, yeah. but the, but it's got a span on it mm -hmm. uh, that's, like, that's like a normal bridge. bridge that you would think. Uh, and, and it sits up really high, goes up really high. And the reason for that is so that the ships coming in and out of the Columbia River can get underneath it because it's not a drawbridge or, or one that, uh, a, a, you know, like, like a lot of bridges were back in the day. This thing has a real high arch on it. And it has the longest continuous struss in the United States. So the, the struss between the two piles on it, it's the longest continuous truss in the United States. Wow. Okay, and then when it comes down on the other side... There is a pretty steep hill because it's coming down 200 feet, and then that comes across the, the uh, river there at probably, what, about 15 feet above water level, yep, 20 yep. feet above water level, and goes on over to the Washington side. And like he said, it's four and a half miles long. It's, it's a fun bridge to go over, you know, because of height and, and everything else. And it's a very scenic bridge. If you see pictures of Astoria, Google Astoria, Oregon, you will see pictures of this bridge. Oh, yes. And so your dad was one of the first ones across it. Yeah, I don't know. Was, you know yeah. I don't know if he was sitting in the front seat or the back seat. Or as to whether he was the first one, he made it on the roof. That had to have been fun for the guys doing eighty. They're a bunch of clowns. <laughs> <laughs> so were they all clown uniformed up and oh, everything? Of course, oh, you yeah. better believe it. <laughs> in fact, they had so much fun on the yes. way back. Guess what? They ran out of gas <laughs> because the gauge on it was backwards. So when it was full, it was actually empty. Oh, no. uh, so they ran out of gas on the way back and caused a traffic jam, and everybody thought it was just a bunch of clowns goofing around. <laughs> and it was. Yeah, it was their idea. <laughs> wow. So you've seen a train, you've blown a whistle, you've tooted a clown horn. I've yeah. done all of that. You've yeah. had just a little bit of a tease now of the Astoria Underground. You have to come back again and uh, see some more next time. Okay. There's more to show. I don't know when I'm going to be coming out this way, if ever again. I don't know. Uh, I, I spend a lot of time in the Intermountain West. Yeah. This happens to be kind of a fluke thing that I'm doing, but uh, th th with that kind of temptation, I may just do it again. You may have to. Well, we have oldastoria.com. Okay, that's your website. Yeah, we're on Facebook. 
At Astoria Underground Tours. Okay. You can see videos there. You can find pictures, see the history. It's okay. full of all kinds of fun stuff. Okay. Yeah, we did over 2,500 people last year come through on our tour. So. And what other tours do you do besides the Underground? Do you do... There is no other tour other than the Underground. Oh, I, I, I didn't Why know Why would anybody else do anything else? <laughs> I didn't know Don't if... be clowning around on me. <laughs> oh, well, you better stop that quick. Yeah. No, they have... They, they, that story is a fun place. I mean, you guys have the Maritime Museum that has some really cool stuff in it. You guys... It's the oldest city in the West. Oh, is. This yeah. is older than San Francisco. Yep. Well, it's an American city in the West. Yep. Okay. Wow. Yep. yep. I, I, it's, it's full of history here. Now, you think back to when we were talking about when Astoria burned. Right. We've been underneath the streets. We've been underneath the sidewalks. But let's talk about what's underground. What's underground? Okay. What's underneath our feet? What now, is Astoria it? Astoria burned twice. When it burns, it collapses. They bulldoze it. They build again on top. It burns. They bulldoze it. They build again on top. So underneath our feet, the real underground of Astoria is over 200 years of Astoria all compressed down wow. underneath our feet. So if you go out to our parking lot and you dig, look what we found out there just one time when we dug a little bit of a hole. A bunch of old bottles. Yes. That's all underneath the streets, underneath our feet. The real underground, 200 years of Astoria. Before that, we had the Indians. So... There is discoveries to be made. Well, and I guess I should have known that because winter quarters for uh, for Lewis and Clark yep. is here. You've got uh, you've got Fort Clatsop, which yep. is where they where they wintered for their first winter. So, and then you had the fur trade that was all exactly. done out this way. Yep. You know, the uh, uh, American Fur Company is mm -hmm. that yep. where it came from? John Jacob Astor was here at eighteen eleven. So, yeah, it's been a, a major port. Since, I guess, the discovery you of, of uh, Lewis and... Well, was it going before Lewis and Clark? I oh, mean, yes. there Robert. may have been parts of Astoria because of sailing around the Horn and coming to this side. Well, Captain Robert Gray discovered the opening of the river there. He did that in 1792. Okay. Yeah. There's actually a few captains that saw it before him, but they couldn't quite find it. That's why they call it Cape Disappointment on their side. They were hitting that area, and they were disappointed. And he said, you know, I'm going to give it a try. And a few captains told him, you're wasting your time. You're not going to find it. He sailed out from Puget Sound. He found it. And he actually sailed up to probably about Vancouver right now. Okay. So, yeah. yeah. Wow. So Astoria, besides being one of the most beautiful towns you'll find on the West Coast, it's rich and lush with history. Oh, yeah. Crazy history. Well, and then you got Fort Stevens, which is the uh, only uh, place in the continental United States to be fired on yep. since the yes. War of 1812. Yes. Yep. I mean, the, the, the history here is just extremely rich exactly. and, and really, really cool. And I had no idea that the underground was like this. Now, that bomb where the Japanese fired. Oh, yeah. That's it right That's there. the that's one that, that the Japanese the fired. Yeah. Get a picture of this, Linda, because that's not a real big bomb, but uh, that is the one they fired. Well, it'll look big if it's on the right candle lens. Well, I guess. There we go. Got it. Make your fingers smaller. Yep. That's it. Clown <laughs> <laughs> <Like a> wood. <laughs> so yeah, these bottles are really valuable. <laughs> you just dropped a plastic bottle, and uh, I, I, it kind of had me going. I was thinking that it was a glass one. So. Yeah, these guys are a lot of fun. I'm, I'm sure that uh, their tours... Now, now, do you guys do other tours uh, other than the one that we took? 
You've got a, a extended tour, a longer tour. We, uh, we 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 are able to do tours for groups. We do it for individuals. We have the self guided tours. So we have different packages, different ways we can present it for depending on how many people there are and what the how much they want to see or hear. Okay, and and do you guys do this on appointment also? I mean, like I sure. called you and and you guys made it a point to come down here. If somebody had a group of five or six or you ten bet. people, yeah, we do private and they tours, ma- and they made a call, you would come on down and we do, do a private, private tours. Tour. And, and, and what kind of cost are we talking? To, it's about to six hundred dollars a person. About six hundred a <laughs> yes. person. So it is more than reasonable. Yeah. Everybody needs to come down and do this. Six hundred bucks a person. That's it. Yeah. Well, that depends. That's what we're charging you, of course. But right. You no. Know, uh, if you're from out of town or a local, we only charge fifteen. Either way, if yeah. you're out of town or a local. Yeah, we charge 15. Okay. Well, that sounds pretty unfair and hard on the, the on bucks, the out of so town. You're, you're big time radio, so. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Hollywood. <laughs> oh, yeah. So 15 bucks a person. Yep. And and they'd make themselves available, give them a phone call. They could they could email you. Could go to our Facebook page and get the information. And, yep, you bet. Email us or call us or whatever, and we'll get you in here. And your Facebook page again is? It's Astoria Underground Tours. Okay, so you guys heard that. Oldastoria.com is the website. Oldastoria.com. Yep. And this this is this is definitely worth the visit. These guys are easy to find. They're right on 9th and Main, 9th no. and Commerce. No, we're not even any close. What town are you in? <laughs> 11th and Marine. Marine. 11th and Marine. Yeah. Okay, forget everything I just said. They're on 11th and Marine. In downtown Stanislaw, I'm not Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what? <laughs> and, and when you're driving down the road, you, it, it's not hard to find because there's a chain link fence and you can see the parking lot down and a off train. the road. And a train. Yeah. Yes. yes. Listen for the five o'clock whistle. You'll know where to go. You'll, you'll be able to find it, no problem. That whistle is loud. So... Uh, easy to find, easy to get here. Astoria is well worth the visit. Pay a visit, get here, and uh, you know the world is full of wonder. Everybody needs to get out and explore, and have an absolutely wonder-filled day. All the rolling go. Where am I to go, meet Johnny? Where am I to go? For I'm a young and a sailor lad, and where am I to go?